my legacy is that I'm the person that you can come to if you don't think you can go anywhere else. Ask me if you don't think you can ask someone else. Welcome back to a new season of Big Little Choices. This is Shree and I'm so excited to bring you more stories, more inspiring choices and more opportunities for all of us to learn about what other amazing women and mothers are doing. We really want this season to inspire you and to make a choice or choices that are right for you. If you've heard episodes from the previous season, I hope your takeaway was that you can make an unconventional choice, stay true to yourself and still have a happy ending. In today's conversation, you'll hear from Mercedes Javed, TV personality, real estate professional and mother to Shams Francis. I'll be honest, this was one of my harder interviews only because I wasn't sure what to expect from a public figure like Mercedes. While I don't know most of my guests personally before interviewing them on the show, I don't have any preconceived notions about them either. So having read so much about Mercedes from her participation in the reality show Shaws of Sunset to her Instagram feed where she talks about everything from aging parents, infertility, weight gain and postpartum struggles, I didn't quite know what I was going to learn and what I was going to share about her on the podcast. But I was so surprised and really enjoyed talking to Mercedes because once we got talking I realized that not only is she open and direct but she also owns every part of her identity and the choices she makes. Mercedes was born in Washington DC to Iranian parents and lived there till she was in the 10th grade after which they moved to Los Angeles. While she had a happy childhood it wasn't perfect. She didn't grow up in a culturally diverse community and quite frequently didn't feel like she belonged. But when she was in the 7th grade she really came out of her shell as a result of participating in extracurricular activities like sports, variety shows and also teachers who helped her navigate adolescence. She ultimately became very extroverted, wasn't afraid to ask questions and started to build her own identity. Did you have any role models growing up and especially someone who might have influenced you as you think about how you are as a mother now? You know what's funny? I have two role models. One was a fictional character and one is a real person. Both of them were in the media business. So Barbara Walters uh-huh. and um there was this show with Tony Danza and Judith Light called uh, Who's the Boss? So Who's the Boss is this sitcom where she's an advertising executive and she was a breadwinner. She was a woman that was very career driven and she was a single mom and her um, help became a manny. So they were so ahead of their time. She basically needed someone to help around the house. And that person became Tony's Danza. And he also had a daughter. So they moved in. And when I saw that, I was like, this is who I want to be. I want to be a woman who's a successful, high-powered, career-driven woman. And who is also, you know, coming home after five and doing her best to be to switch hats and play the role of matriarch. Did this influence you in any way in terms of when you did want to have children? Well, yes, indirectly it did because in many ways I'm traditional and many ways I'm very liberal. So I did not want to have a child until I fell in love and met a man that I was wanting to get married to. So the commitment to the person had to come first. 
I would like to take this moment to acknowledge that I do not want to judge women who are going to get a sperm donor and have children without having the man in the picture. But for me, for my choice, for what I wanted was first has to come love and pragmatically a, a good relationship, a compatible person that I could see myself committing to for life. And when that happens, I will start a family. I didn't start that until I was established in my career as a real estate agent, which I'm still very passionate about. So when did you meet your now husband, Tommy? Exactly five years ago. So at the age of 41. And what was that uh, journey like? You know, the journey was very, for me, it was like a roller coaster because I knew that I had my career established, but I wasn't the most trusting person. I thought to myself, I need to be in a relationship with this person for at least two or three years before we get a chance to know each other. I thought very strongly that people can change on you like Jekyll and Hyde. So it took me a really long time to trust myself. And I really think that it came too late in life for me. So you met Tommy when you were 41. And at what point or rather how many years later did you decide to start trying to have a family? I had already started the process of freezing my eggs. And he was, I was not ready to make embryos with him. So I didn't make embryos with him until 44. And what was the choice like in the sense of, you know, being in your mid 40s, early to mid 40s, and then thinking about having children and, you know, thinking about sort of the physical energy that goes into it and sort of starting at a point where it's going to take a lot from you? At the time, I thought, I'm still young. I didn't do things like when he's 20, I'll be 60. <laughs> I didn't work. do those things, right? <laughs> yeah. So then I thought, no, I'm still young. I'm still young. I'm still young. Age is nothing but a number. Look, I've made so many eggs. I'm so fertile. My age is younger than I almost psychologically, I think, convinced myself that I am fertile and able to do all of these things with the power of positive thinking. And of course, some denial in some, I will, I will tell you, in my opinion, it's a combination of both, but mostly something much bigger than us, which is God and the power of positive thinking, which I think is really, really a big part of it because the opposite of that, for instance, can be anxiety, which we all know can be debilitating and have, you know, actual negative effects. Mm -hmm. And, and now that I have him, this beautiful blessing, my son, Shams Francis, now I think to myself, wow, you know, you're 46 years old and you're a brand new mom. I, I hope this keeps you young and I hope that this works out well for all of us as a family. In other words, I know now that I'm 16 years older than my mom was when she had me. And that's a big number. But, you know, all I can say is that it's become so much more common. And I certainly hope that we as women begin to figure it out sooner because one thing that I don't think I would do is have big family that I wanted when I was younger because when I was in my 20s and early 30s I did definitely want to fall in love 
find a good person to be a partner with for us to both be creating income and building a life and building something together of course i did hope and want for that to happen and when i was in my early 30s i thought four kids six kids this you know who knows but now i think that is just off the off the table for me just to be i think more fair to my children I want to go back to something really quick Mercedes which is that you know at some point you said you froze your eggs but you were not ready to make embryos with your now partner just as yet so can we talk a little bit more about at what point were you ready to make embryos with your partner Tommy and when you felt like the time was right for you to start having children you know he proposed to me while we were engaged I realized okay this is now I'm finally ready. So we thought out the eggs and we made embryos. I just experienced a lot with him. He was there for me when my father fell ill. He really showed up for me in something when they say that a couple needs to go through something together in order to really get to know each other. He really showed up for me when my father was in the hospital for unfortunately many years. For me, my husband, Tommy, he was very much of a constant. He was the same person that he said he was, that he was consistent, he showed up in my life. So I, all I had to do was just deal with my own emotions, my own doubt, my own insecurities, my own um, skepticism about relationships and longevity in marriage. I did take my time with Tommy for different reasons. But as far as the relationship was concerned, you know, I will hope that women will spend a little more time soul searching instead of just letting time just leak, you know, on. Like instead of just dragging time and just staying in this stagnant place, you know, take some time to get to know yourself, to answer the questions that you have. And, you know, finally, I feel lucky that I got to where I was. I feel lucky that I arrived to the decision, but you know, I know everyone has their process, but I really didn't put any pressure on myself during the years that I didn't have that I had any doubt, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's so important that you bring it up because you know, given that we have access to so much information and especially access into so many people's personal lives these days, I think it's very easy for us to compare ourselves, right? As you might be as a single woman, or you might be once you're married, or then you compare what it is, when does everybody else have kids? How are they raising their kids? So I really loved hearing from you about like how you have to do what you have to do rather than wondering why people are doing things on a different timeline. So I think that's a really important piece. to I, I never felt any pressure whatsoever about what someone else is doing or when people think that I should be, you know, oh, you've been engaged for two years. Why aren't you married? Well, my father's in the hospital. If that doesn't make sense to you, that's your problem. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, some of my friends got married and started their families right after high school. And now their children are, of course, in college and right. I'm just having mine now. And I just look at it as your journey, my journey. And we both sacrifice something, just like you said. I didn't start in my 20s, so now I might only have one child instead of my, of course, it was a dream to have many children, four or five, whatever we can do. But my sacrifice is the, what I can do, and their sacrifice is that, of course, 
they didn't get to pursue career and travel and do the many other spontaneous things. I know that I did listen to your podcast, by the way, about the woman who traveled with her young children. Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful. That's not right for me. So I think that from whichever route a woman takes, they're, they're gaining something from making those choices, you know, whether it's career or whether it's being able to have a larger family. I'm always struggling to find a balance between how much or how little to share on social media, particularly about my son, who is four and obviously doesn't know what social media means and what the implications of sharing information publicly are. I know people who are comfortable sharing everything about their kids on social media and then people who share nothing about their families on social media. It's a personal choice, no judgment, but one that definitely begs us to ask questions on our children's privacy and how much is too much information. Now, Mercedes has a huge social media following, has been featured in various publications and is considered an influencer in today's digital world. And this means that there are thousands of women who want to know more about her and her son and are privy to much of Mercedes's personal life. And so I really wanted to know more about how she thinks about making this choice of being a public figure and sharing information, not just about herself, but also her son, Shams Francis. I do think that what I'm sharing is a dream that has come to fruition. I don't think I'm sharing something that is compromising my son. For example, if someone, and I've seen this, a mom shares something that might be considered sexualizing their daughter, that I think is a different question or, or that question might have a different answer. But as long as, in my opinion, what my journey that I'm sharing is really the pregnancy journey, a story of love, um, a fertility journey, and so many women are inspired by my my self-confidence and my ability, my, my willingness to put it out there. So many women find comfort that they're someone that's talking about the things like the fertility issue, finding love so late in life, really just the fact that I'm a success story gives other women hope and some place to talk to. So for me, that's really what this is about. And I don't think that so far that my son would look back and say, oh, you know, you shared a picture of me looking cute and, you know, an outfit while we're on vacation or a moment when we're at home, you know, hanging out. I think that those are going to be perfectly sweet, uplifting, inspiring. And, you know, I honestly think that as long as I ask myself the question for, and I'll give you a perfect example. While I was pregnant, I almost started eating junk food. And then I said, your son doesn't have a choice right now to, to choose healthier food. So for now, you're going to be a vegetarian during your pregnancy. For the most part, I was eating fresh vegetables and fruits. And then I thought to myself, now, if I did want to post something that I thought, will my son be okay with this? In that particular case, I can ask myself, do I think that when he's 10 years old, and I'll use my judgment until he's 18, of course. And, and again, if it's something that would help other people, and I don't see it as exploitative, then I would support it. 
that's great and it's amazing that you have the clarity of you know what is important to share and what not and on that topic i do want to dig a little deeper which is why is it so important for you to share so many parts of your journey and i know you briefly touched on it and that you want other women to have the ability to hear about things that a lot of people are afraid about talking about right so what is it that really drives you to be out there put yourself out there and share your story because i'm not embarrassed the number one reason is because i don't find shame in many things that other women feel they have to hide i feel there is absolutely a necessity to be an exception to the norm that people want to still say they got pregnant naturally to me that's unfortunate my job the career path that i chose by becoming a public figure was to share my life through docu series through reality tv now if you ask me, I didn't share enough. If you ask me, I would love to have had a camera crew come in and film more of the day-to-day -day things. My pregnancy was medically had a lot of challenges because I had the incompetent cervix. I had to lay flat for almost four months. Then I had coleostasis, which was a risk of stillbirth in the 34th week, which is why I was induced three and a half weeks early. Mm -hmm. And of course, the birth experience was challenging, of course. But, but other than that, you know, there's, there's such a great sense of peace around me during my pregnancy journey and my fertility journey. When I was going through it, there was no one talking to me about things like the mood swings or the weight gain or the nausea. You know, my, my then fiance, he didn't relate to it. He didn't know how to comfort me. He makes jokes. In my culture, even he's, he's an American from New York, but in my culture, we, we make jokes or we say toughen up and walk it off. Well, not every woman wants to hear that. We want to comfort each other. For me, it's all about if my role model as a child is someone like Barbara Walters, it's someone who is breaking down barriers, who is asking questions that no one can ask. And the whole thing is my legacy is that I'm the person that you can come to if you don't think you can go anywhere else. Ask me if you don't think you can ask someone else. And why should I hide that I have, that I need a fertility doctor in order to get pregnant? Why is there shame? I want to take the shame away from that stigma because the fact is we all know that we're having children later, that we're prioritizing career, and with that comes fertility issues. Some I know that some women, of course, can face early menopause in their 20s. Fertility issues can happen in your early 20s. But for me, it just was so much more important to talk about what I'm going through, especially when people said, thank you, I really need that, needed that. How about this? You've given me faith. You've given me hope. I am alone. I still haven't met the right person. And the fact that it happened for you gives me, you know, positive reinforcement that I, you know, can, can find that too. And to me, that's way more important than someone who wants to say, oh, we just got pregnant on our honeymoon first try. Ha <laughs> ha. What? That is not empowering women. That is just trying to 
this is another thing. When I was in my 30s, women were saying that they were getting pregnant and having twins. They weren't sharing that it was via IVF. That really upset me because I thought to myself, all these women are getting a false sense of hope. All these women like me, I happen to know that these were IVF pregnancies. For the women out there who are just saying, oh, so-and-so, I don't know, maybe Julia Roberts, maybe Selma Hayek, I don't know, specific, I'm just using random examples. I'm not saying that I know how they got pregnant, but getting pregnant at 46, 43, the, no problem, we're having twins, we're having, this is giving the women who think that they have all the time in the world the wrong message. So I want to be all about the reality of it. And at the same time, I want to say, don't wait as long as I waited because everyone's clock is different. And you bring up such a interesting and relevant point, Mercedes, is, you know, something else that I can relate to, I absolutely relate to the IVF journey, but also breastfeeding, right? Is as a new mom, all the stories you hear about is that, oh yeah, I breastfed till he was one, till she was two. It was easy, but not enough people talk about how hard it was for them to get to that point or at least how difficult the first initial months, weeks, days were before which they had a child who was sufficiently being fed through the breast. And I think these are different stories during, you know, motherhood where women give us or rather we give each other a sense of false hope that it's easy, that it's doable and it's going to be the same for everyone when the reality of it is it's not. And you know, I think that's where we face our biggest disappointment as mothers, which is this feeling of inadequacy sometimes of, you know, like you're saying, why am I not able to have children naturally the same way as somebody else did? Why am I not able to breastfeed the same way as somebody else did? Versus really educating each other on like, you know, there's different ways to get to the end goal and it's challenging for everyone, but in different ways. So I really, really admire that you're being vocal about it and using social media in a way where you're giving other women the knowledge and the education that they might not get anywhere else. Given you're an influencer and a public figure, how do you make choices for yourself and your family, knowing that each of these decisions could influence thousands of other women and moms? Well, it's always important to share the disclaimer that everyone's experience is different, but if someone can gain encouragement, education, or even just a support system, just that social media can be used well when we are supporting each other. You never know in what moment something that you, some way that you connect with another person is saving that person. I also, by the way, shared about grief, coping with parents when they become elderly. It's such a taboo topic and no one talks about it. And I just remembered, I wish that someone would have helped prepared me just through conversation. And, you know, before there were books, it was the um, ritual of storytelling. And for me, I can always look at what I'm posting and make it better, I can say, is this sending a helpful message? And if the answer is yes, I will share it. Basically, the only person whose critique I would listen to would be my husband, myself, a few people that I really love, know, and trust. But I really want to continue to connect with women throughout this whole process because I have a mommy meetup that I go to every other week. And just 
sitting around in the park with, you know, five or six other mommies and our children are all around the same age. I know that each of us has a very different experience and I'll tell you an example. One of them has a challenge because she won't stop breastfeeding, but she wants to. Mm -hmm. Another one has a different dynamic between their marriage and how that's changed since the baby. All of us have such different things going on, but we're able to gently touch on these things. We trust each other. We exchange some relief, some comic relief, some important advice, a little perspective, make other, each other feel heard. And honestly, I feel so happy and grateful for this network. And that's one of the most positive things about having access to one another on a global level through the internet these days is communicating. So to wrap up, what advice do you have for other moms who want to make a bold or unconventional choice, but might be afraid to do it either because they're worried about what other people might think or are just afraid of what the outcome might look like? I would say do not make choices based on what other people think because there's always going to be 20 million different opinions and think about the person that's with you at three o'clock in the morning and that's you me myself and i so the only person that i would be listening to is what do i want what do i really want and don't let your fears stand in the way of what you want because believe me, you know we will find a way. And it's always good to have a few people that you trust. Like I would ask people around me, they said, don't have a child, enjoy your life, keep pushing on your career, you can travel anywhere. And I said to myself, what makes you think that I wanna travel? What am I, like someone who wants to wake up on a Wednesday morning and go to, you know, Tokyo or Paris like I don't need that that's not what I want in life and you know it's like as far as career is concerned I'm not gonna just choose one so I would even be careful about listening to the people around you because a lot of people around me tried to talk me out of it and I'm very glad that I didn't listen so who do you think we should listen to when we have to make a tough decision in our lives ourselves with putting our fears aside. So I would say, dream big, be unrealistic, and tell me what you want. And whatever the answer is what you want in a perfect world, you create that perfect world, you go for it. And all of the obstacles, just say, okay, everything has an obstacle, I'm going to overcome these hurdles. Thank you for listening to this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back soon with another interview. And until then, if you have any feedback or comments on the kinds of choices you want to hear more about, let me know.